Ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 119 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be joined by the newest member of the NBC Sports family. That is John Newby, who is covering NASCAR previously with Heavy.com. We'll get his insights on the run to the NASCAR playoffs. Also, hear his backstory, how he ended up covering NASCAR and uh, the other stuff that he's done. Great conversation with John coming up in just a matter of moments. We'll also take a look back at the weekend that was with William Byron getting it done in the rain-shortened race at Atlanta as he gets his fourth win of the year. David and Dominic will react to it. They were there. We'll get their thoughts from the scene there in Atlanta, what they had to say. We'll have our news and notes with the latest headlines around the sport, then our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. David Starr joins us right now. David, always a pleasure uh, to chat with you, my friend. Uh, nice run there at Atlanta for you uh, in the Xfinity race uh, with your best finish of the year so far. What was it like uh, racing there at that uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway and, and having a, a decent day there in that car? Man, it was awesome, man. It was a, a great weekend of racing and our, our freight auctions uh... – Ford Mustang was, was awesome. When the race started it, uh, man, I was super loose. Uh, we didn't have practice and, uh, felt like we we're going to be really loose just running well after qualifying. But, uh, but man, when the race started, uh, couldn't get into the corners like I needed to, cause I was, uh, the, the back of the car didn't have any grip, but, uh, man, we, uh, we kept working on that thing and, uh, we lost a lap, got the lucky dog back and, uh, the, we kept every time the caution come out, man, we, we come in, we changed everything and we finally hit it. It was amazing with about 75 laps to go. It was just, it was amazing how good our car was. I could run wide open and drive it anywhere. It was awesome. I was just telling Joey Gates and the team, it'd been, it'd been really been cool if we could have had that one from the time they dropped the green flag, but man, it was awesome to, to race at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. What a great racetrack, and it just produces so much great racing. And then Sunday's race was incredible. Dominic Allergan of the uh, RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dominic, uh, you were there. Exciting race. Unfortunately, rain shortened, but William Byron gets the win. I look at it two ways. Byron, very well-deserving. It was an equal playing field. Everybody knew the rain was coming uh, one way or the other, uh, as far as that goes. And Byron, the way that he's run so well all season long, sure, you could have had a variety of different winners potentially had the race gone the distance. But I thought it was exciting, and, and NASCAR did the most what they could to work with. I know they were pressured to get that restart uh, there before the rain came, but we saw what happened to Daytona last year. They didn't want that scenario to happen again uh, as last year unfolded with that bad crash there when the rain came down. Absolutely. Darn if you do, darn if you don't. A lot of fans complaining about NASCAR not restarting the race, but all in the name of safety, Tyler, you can't err. You have to err on the side of, the, the side of safety, and you cannot fault NASCAR for that. I think on the flip side, you commend NASCAR for making a decision like that to not go back racing. But I can tell you, too, part of that race was shooting in turns three and four, shooting photos. And I can tell you, Tyler, that intensity was just ramping up. You could see it. Well, I was on this riser up in turns three and four, about a good 25 feet up off the ground. And I have this clear view of the track. And every time they were coming by, every 30 seconds, you could just see them getting a little closer and closer, side drafting off each other, two wide, three wide. The Fords were dominant. 
and then you'd have your comers and goers and you'd have these packs of 20 to 25 cars and they weren't wrecking. It was great racing. It was like if it was the last five laps of the race for about a good 35 laps until that crash out of turn four. But Tyler, great racing, great intensity. And even Kyle Busch told me that it was really intense up at the front, especially as the laps were starting to go towards the end. And they were just trying to beat the rain. Like how much like how they did at Chicago. He was mentioning how this team knew that they were going to have rain in the, in the forecast. They've made their little strategy call. Paid off for a fifth place finish. A lot of good guys that needed a good run got their run that they needed on Sunday night. Yeah, certainly shook up the playoff picture as well uh, for the race to get in the postseason. David, let me ask you this one more thing before we bring in John here. William Byron, that fourth win of the year, most of any driver at this point of the season, he's got just as many wins this year as he did his entire career entering this season. It's been an awesome breakout season. They're the favorites to win the championship at this point. And I think the best thing you you can say about William Byron is that much like the guy that made famous that 24 car, he is a threat every single week. He's good everywhere they go, whether it's mile and a half, super speedways, short tracks, road courses. William Byron's been good everywhere this year. Man, he's just uh, from the time the the season opened this season uh, at Daytona, he's, they've had a lot of speed, you know, and you can't always count out any driver that's part of the Hendrick organizations. But I, you know, as we talked on this podcast over the months, you know, we, we really wasn't considering William Byron to be a favorite in the championship for 2023. We, we really thought, you know, it was going to be Chase Elliott or, you know, whoever, but, uh, but man, he is the breakout king for Hendrick Motorsports and for the NASCAR cup series. It's been impressive what William Byron has done. And, uh, you know, the, the Atlanta race was incredible the intensity, uh, three, four wide at times. And, uh, man, it was, it was just unbelievable. The, uh, the racetrack, we, refig- uh, refig- uh, when they redone the racetrack, refiguring it, and it's just producing such great racing. And uh, it was amazing to, to be there and to watch it. But there was a car that really caught my attention, uh, Michael McDowell, he, uh, man, he was fast all night long. He had an incident where he pitted and, uh, got together with Martin Truex and messed up his right front fender. Uh, but when he got back out on the racetrack, they worked on it a little bit and man, he, he came right from the back, all the way back up to running second, maybe he led a lap, but man, I was so impressed with Michael McDowell. He came back at the end and finished fourth and I would have thought they would have ran the race all the way to the end, he might have would have contended with uh, William Byron for the win. But, you know, William Byron, obviously, is just incredible having a, his best season ever and uh, making that 24 car. We're used to seeing that thing uh, running up front and winning a lot of races with Jeff Gordon. But uh, the William Byron has, has been so impressive this year, this season. And I and like we talk about a lot, this is his breakout year. And uh and you guys are right. He's a favorite for the for the championship, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. Dominic, uh, our next guest, we've uh, we've shared a meal with this guy. They say when you share a meal with somebody, you become friends for life. So before we even have had John on the show, he's already a lifelong friend. He's a buddy, as David would say. Um, tell us about John before we officially bring him in. I'll put my best David star on. He's a good guy. He's a buddy. <laughs> and we had a good round table, actually. Tyler had him. So it was John, our Jonathan Feld, Joel Arquente, Tyler Jones, and myself. 
after the Las Vegas race weekend. We're enjoying a nice meal at one of the end of the, the race weekend at one of the casino hotels and you, you get to know people and John's got a pretty cool backstory. And, and I, I, you know, I'm partial to him too, because he's a West coast guy like me hails from the great state of Montana. We had some great stories over dinner. I'm not sure if we can share on this podcast, but I'm sure we get some of them. And John recently, most recently was working with heavy and now working with NBC sports, the newest addition to the talent team there, man, they're, they're getting a great guy there, Tyler and John Newby, somebody that's really quality. And, and I'm not just saying that I'm not trying to talk in front of his back because he's here, but John, thank you so much for joining us this week on let's go racing. Absolutely. Are you sure you're just not being nice because I let you out eat me at that casino? Well, you know, like I said, I, I can out eat Tyler, John, David, all of you combined. I mean, you name a restaurant, I'm there, okay? You can call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for dinner. You know, Dominic, you might be the challenger America's been waiting for to take on Joey Chestnut in the uh, Nathan's Hot Dog <laughs> Contest. I, I don't know about all that, man. That, that That's too, too large of a task, I think. Don't sell yourself short now. Anyways, <laughs> uh, John... Appreciate you being here, man. Congrats on the gig with uh, NBC. We're going to get your backstory and everything and all that. But first off, uh, tell us about the new gig. Uh, how did this all come about that you ended up with uh, NBC and their biggest time of the year, their portion of the season here, too? Great time to be hopping on board, I imagine. Well, it's part of the fact that NASCAR is just such a family industry, basically. I mean, I was referred to this job by another great writer and ended up being able to work out to where I was able to transition over to NBC right when they started taking over. So I'll be working with, you know, primarily with Dustin Long, helping him with all the NASCAR coverage, a little bit with Nate Ryan, doing a lot of the coverage of the Xfinity Series races, the Cup Series races. Obviously, you know, I'm at the race. I'll be there working the bullpens with them, getting quotes, which ironically is how I met, you know, David back in 2021. So, you know, just the doing the best part of the job that you love. And I can't wait because, yes, it's the busiest portion of the schedule for NBC, but it means that you're never bored and there's always something to do. That's so true, man. I, I'd imagine, what, 18 race weekends. You'll probably be on the road a lot, I imagine. I mean, do you kind of know so far, like, what the day-to-day schedule is going to be like or, or weekend schedule? Have you already gotten the idea of, okay, I'm going to be on the road the rest of the year? So... As far as the travel, we're still working out all that stuff about what races I'll be at, which ones still to do. I mean, the goal, obviously, at least for myself, is to be at all the playoff races. So we'll see how that pans out. But we're still pretty early in the process of laying out all the different schedules. It will be a lot of, you know, I'll be in charge of the power rankings from here on out, doing the articles about, you know, which drivers are the important ones to watch each weekend, which ones have some questions to answer. So there'll be a lot of kind of like repeating articles, then some fun interview stuff thrown in there on the side. Oh, perfect. All right. So no such thing as a day off, right? For at least for the first little bit. Well, I mean, that's just part of the business. Come on. <laughs> right. No days off. John, uh, take us back to the uh, the very beginning. Uh, I know that you've covered other sports beyond just NASCAR <laughs> and motorsports. I believe you're relatively new to the NASCAR and motorsports scene. How did you end up? in the NASCAR world and where'd your interest in motorsports begin? How'd they all start for you? So I've always been interested in motorsports. A lot of it came from the kind of like the rally cross motocross world, all of those, you know, those fun stuff, like more extreme ones. And then I started doing freelance football coverage, you know, started covering the Oregon state Beavers football team when I was living in Oregon you know, made it out to Corvallis a lot, covered like pro days, practices, scrimmages, games, 
transitioned over to uh 24 7 sports because the outlet i was writing for covering the beavers was part of their network so i transitioned into covering the nfl and started with you know the houston texans then went with the oakland raiders then followed them to vegas started doing a little bit of seahawks coverage on the side some rams kind of that year it was the year that you know the rams had that really fun pass interference penalty against the saints oh yeah the, the no call so <laughs> that was one of those uh very interesting years to write so a part of that you know 24 7 is part of the cbs sports network so they ended up needing some writers at another cbs sports site uh pop culture which does a lot of like entertainment news tv show stuff they wanted to start getting into sports as well so they brought me and another writer over to that site and when i got there they're like hey you'll do some nfl but we want you to do a lot of sports just in general. So it might be like baseball, basketball, you know, soccer, kind of depending on what you're doing. And they decided in 2020, they wanted to test out NASCAR because they knew that like CBS, they don't have the NASCAR broadcast rights anymore. Right. But they wanted to see, you know, kind of see what they could do as far as traction goes. So the first race I ever covered was the 2020 Daytona 500, which was, you know, a very calm event that had no big storylines, anything involving like grand marshals rain delays wrecks nothing you know nothing going on we were there (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so they saw the like the response and just how passionate nascar fans are and so they basically went hey we want you to still do sports coverage but we really want you to lean hard into covering nascar so my first full season covering the sport was you know covid year everything got shut down then they started doing the virtual races on Fox Sports. But it was still a very, it was an interesting learning experience because I still got to do an interview like Ty Dillon, Garrett Smithley, Kurt Bush, a bunch of just random people like that. And then, you know, once 2021 came around, started, still kept working for pop culture, still covering a lot of NASCAR for them. But an opportunity arose where Heavy wanted to get into NASCAR. Like they have a very heavy presence in uh, the NFL, the NBA, a little bit of basketball or a little bit of baseball and then a lot of combat sports stuff. But they really wanted to get into the motorsports world. So I went over there in April of 2021 and started just going full and trying to build it from the ground up. Ended up going to the uh, the inaugural Nashville race weekend, which was one of the coolest weekends I've ever experienced. Just seeing everybody you know, flocking into that track for the first time since, what was it, 2011? And it was a blast. I mean, even though it was blazing hot, it was one of the best weekends I've ever experienced. So, yeah, I just started going crazy from there. We started building it up, started doing more and more work, going to more and more races. I mean, I think, like, last year, our budget was fairly small as far as travel. So I went to only, you know, like, eight races, then the uh, Champions Banquet, you know, this year before joining NBC Sports, I went to 10 different races and it's basically like the entire West Coast swing, you know, then Talladega, Charlotte, you know, just the, the really fun ones like those kind of bucket list races you always want to go to. Yeah. Which, you know, brings me to here. I basically started having the discussions with NBC, I believe it was right after Sonoma, kind okay. of during the off week. And then we just like worked out that deal and. 
now I'm just really excited about the future and all the cool stuff I got to do. So tell me well, this, John. Uh, let, let me jump in real quick here, David. Um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounds like you were kind of learning the sport along the way. Oh, yeah. Is that what, what I'm reading here? You are 100% correct. I was familiar with NASCAR, but like my very first knowledge of NASCAR came from, you know, like a Jeff Foxworthy joke in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's the first time I'd ever heard anything about the sport. So yeah, they're like, I was familiar more to the point where I started writing about it. But after, you know, like pop culture had me start writing about it full time, you know, that's when you're going and buying all these historical books and just like reading them cover to cover multiple times, just trying to learn about all the greats of the sport, all the important moments, all the important tracks. It has definitely been drinking from a fire hose, but I mean, it's been a blast. Well, I got to imagine too, John being from, from Montana and, and knowing it's a remote and rural state and everybody knows each other, but much like how it is here in New Mexico. I got to imagine when, when people in your hometown, I know Helena's got to be pretty big in relevance to the state, but I'm sure there are still a lot of people that are proud that, hey, John's out there and he's representing us on a national stage, especially with the platform you have now. So uh, one thing I did kind of misspeak on earlier. So my actual hometown is this place in Oregon called Prineville, which is tiny, tiny little place. But like I've lived in Helena for a while now. So like this is my home. But, you know, even today when I announced the news, like just telling friends and family to your point, like even you know, high school teachers were like, oh, wow, like you, you know, you're a pain in English class, but now you're writing full time. <laughs> cool. So being a being a, a journalist and having the opportunity to cover uh, most major sports. I, and I, I know you're 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 new into the NASCAR industry. What uh, what could you tell us some, some of the difference between the different major sports that you that you covered over the you know over your short period of time? What, what do you, what's some of the differences? What do you what do you like? What don't you like? You know, and uh, it's uh, it's kind of cool to hear because uh, when we when we went back to Nashville for the first time since 2011, 10, whenever it was, man, it was amazing. I ran the Xfinity race and uh, man got to hang out with. Uh, 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 Pitbull and and uh, next thing you know mm-hmm. I'm freaking the Kid Rock you know it was just it was amazing mm. all the country stars and all the people that were there it was a, it was a it was a big event we just raced there a couple of weeks ago and and uh, Tyler was there with us but uh, but man but man that was a really cool event and uh, but I'm ca- curious to hear your thoughts on uh, as a journalist uh, you know through through all your career and the different sports you covered you know what are, what are some of the differences that you see uh nascar compared to other major sports that you covered absolutely well right before i got i get into that i do have to say i still have you know photos on my cell phone of your whataburger car from that weekend because <laughs> that's the first weekend that i met you and i met tommy joe martins you know yeah that's one of those ones like wander around talking to all like these people like hey i need to know all of these different people but in answer to your other question i mean that is actually one of my favorite topics to discuss because it is astounding to me how different it is. Because even going back to when I was covering, you know, college football, they had very specific rules that you were not allowed to talk to freshmen. You could only talk to like sophomores, juniors, seniors. That's it. You know, all these other players that were fresh into college off limits. You know, NASCAR, you can talk to pretty much anybody you want. 
which is I love that fact because you get some very cool, honest answers from people. Yeah, I mean, occasionally some drivers will say some things that they regret later, but for the most part, you still get this really good exposure, kind of get a build up like these different relationships. Because in football, half of them they don't know who you are unless you're like you're an established beat record beat reporter who's covering a team for you know forty years. Right. They're just like, hey, it's the guy with the glasses, you know. <laughs> And then one of my other yeah. things that I love that I that I really talk about a lot, especially when I talk to family members who they've never really been interested in NASCAR. But now that, like, I'm doing this job, they, you know, they have to kind of fake that they support it. And so <laughs> they'll ask, you know, like, what makes NASCAR so special? And it's like, if you're standing there on the grid, you're going to see Steve Phelps walking around. You're going to see Elton Sawyer walking around. You're just going to see all these guys you know, maybe wearing like a collared shirt and jeans, but they're not surrounded by bodyguards. They don't have like this entourage pushing people away. They'll just walk up and just have a random conversation with somebody. I mean, I've talked to Steve Phelps probably 30 times, even before he even knew who I was. He would just, you know, see me standing in the garage area and be like, hey, let's go talk to this guy. Have a good conversation. Excuse me. And I think that is, you know, one of the things that makes NASCAR special is that like I keep going back to it is such that family thing to where whether it's like team executives, drivers, crew members, NASCAR executives, whoever it is, they're willing to have these conversations with you, whether you're a writer or a fan, it's just, you don't see that in a lot of other sports. Well, yeah. No, go ahead, David. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. That's uh, it's interesting to, to hear your, your perspective on that, you know, and, uh, you know, again, it is such a big family sport. It's a small industry, if you really think of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and man, Steve Phelps, Steve O'Donnell, mm-hmm. just Joe Gibbs, all these people, man, they're just great people. And, and uh, you know, even though Steve Phelps is the president of NASCAR, he's just a great guy. And like you said, he's very approachable, just a normal guy to have a great conversation with you, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, one of the things I want to say you know, you should be proud of your accomplishments, you know, because, uh, you know, hearing your your story from when it started and, and all the different people that you've written for, it's pretty awesome to climb up. And, I, you know, as a journalist, I'm not a journalist, don't know, really know anything about that side of it, you know. Uh, but, you know, when you start saying, hey, I work for NBC, CB, you know, all the different people you work for, you got to be uh, proud of of uh what it's turned into you know there's a lot of uh, people involved in the media uh for years and years and they really have that ultimate dream job they'll tell you what it is when you ask them but some <laughs> of them you know what i mean and, and your short period of time kind of covering the sport it's amazing how uh where, where you're at now you know what i mean so uh congratulations to you it's pretty cool well thank you must you be know. must be really good at what you, you know what i mean <laughs> No, I appreciate that. And it's one of those things I never take for granted because before I even, you know, got into writing at all, when I was doing like college stuff at night, I was working full time at sign shops. So I spent, you know, over a decade in the sign industry, building like freeway signs, installing business signs, sticking decals on cars. So just going from some of those different kind of like manufacturing Mm -hmm. industries to being able to do this. I mean, it's just a dream. 
That's crazy. I, I didn't know that you went from manufacturing signs to now covering NASCAR. What what a <laughs> what a world! I, I of all the things you thought you'd be doing, I, I bet covering NASCAR from when you were working in manufacturing wasn't going to be one of them. Oh, absolutely not. That that's incredible. Um, you know, John, you and I both have similar backgrounds. You know, I, I work uh, outside of NASCAR as well myself, covering mm-hmm. you know the NFL and a little bit of college football. And it's so interesting. I think the last time I saw you, we were back in Talladega, and it was the day of the race. And here we are, you and I having breakfast with Richard Childress and Kyle <laughs> Bush and Austin Dillon. I mean, what other universe? That that's not happening. We're not on an NFL game day having breakfast with Patrick Mahomes, you know, or nope. <laughs> Rogers. I mean, it it's just a whole different element. I mean, it makes our <laughs> jobs easier, but at the same time, like you kind of tell the same line to a line too of, you know, Hey, I got to be fair, but I can't be their friend either of some sorts makes things interesting. Oh, absolutely. Which I do love when you're in the media center doing, you know, like some press conference because the drivers, the teams, they're also aware of everything you write about it. So you've seen it a couple of times. You'll see like a driver look at a specific driver, like, Hey, I, you wrote something that I did not appreciate. Then they may, you know, give them a little bit of a snarky answer which it just adds a little bit of fun to that whole conversation. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. That, that's gotta be interesting uh, to think about D- David. Uh, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Have you ever had a, a bone to pick or an ax to grind with the, with a media member of sorts? That's a great question, man. I, I never, I never have, you know, and uh, you know, back when I was uh, very, very competitive and uh, you know, you, you know, I always just thought, you know, the the racing, the radio personalities and the, the TV commentators and all the journalists, everybody was just, you know, you're just you're honored when they want it, when they write about you and, and, and write about your story. And, you know, if you're struggling or not struggling and just I always thought, you know, it's like it's almost like you got to pinch yourself because you can't believe that somebody would really want to talk to you, you know, after you made it into the industry for years and you're winning races and running good you know I, I always just thought it was an honor you know and there might have been once or twice you know that i saw something that somebody had written that you know it's kind of interesting their take on what i told them but i was still just kind of uh you know i, I never uh you know i was very thankful for the ones that covered me personally and in my racing teams but I've never had a beef with any type of media type people. You know what I mean? It's just, I just thought, you know, whether it covered me, my racing team, our sponsors or the sport, you know, I was just always uh, just, you know, uh, humbled and, uh, and thank them, you know what I mean? Because, you know, look at, you know, all you guys are great journalists and, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of you guys out there. And when you, when you have as, as many we have in our sport of NASCAR racing, I mean, I just think it's cool that, that they gravitate to our sport, you know, when they could cover the NFL, major league baseball, you know, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I always just thought it was an honor and, and I was just privileged that they would even talk to me, you know what I mean? So uh, even when somebody interviewed me and twisted it, maybe different than what I said, I never really uh, went out of my way to say anything to him because I was just still honored they gave me the time of day. Well, well and Tyler, I got to say, too, a few years back, we were sitting there. And I won't name the driver because he races in the Cup Series now, but we were invited to like a like a breakfast at Daytona ahead of the Truck Series race. 
and we're, we're chatting with this driver and we got on the topic of media coverage and and David, I'm curious if you've ever done this because he was telling me like kind of what you're echoing with with your statements. It was an honor. It's always an honor when somebody's writing about you and your team. And and after a race weekend, he would go and Google his name to see what stories would come up. And he would just kind of read those like before bed or just whenever, just on some downtime. He would read what all the outlets were writing about him. Have you ever done anything like that? I never have, you know, but when I got out of the race car in Atlanta, uh, Saturday night, you know, it, I was, you know, it was just a lot of emotions, but I was just so happy with my team, even though we didn't set the world on fire, but just the, 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 the determination and to keep fighting and to, to make a car night and day difference and get it where it was perfect. You know, I, I was really impressed with my team and the crew chief. And, uh, man, it was, you know, so I had a lot of cheers and it was just a great night to, uh, you know, we had a good race. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to have finished a lot better, but, you know, compared to where we started at. And then I helped my team push the car back to the garage. And then, you know, when I got through doing that, a reporter asked me, he said, Mr. Starr, you got a minute? So, like, yes, sir. You know, I don't remember who he was, but he told me he was, he said, man, I've been watching you for years and, uh, man, I just, you know, uh, I've watched you walk back here. You're, you're smiling. And he just said, man, you know, is this still fun after all these years, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and I just said, man, I, I said, I love it. You know, I didn't win the race. And uh, when the race started, we wasn't very competitive, but man, I'm, I'm so thankful for, you know, freight auctions to, to sponsor my race car, to be driving for Joey Gase. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stories in a race, not just the team that won the race, you know what I mean? And he was just, uh, he was really cool. Asked me some great questions, you know, he said, man, I've been watching you forever, you know, and, you know, and he asked me some stuff about way back when, and, and uh, he just said, man, I just think it's cool that you're still out here racing, you know? And I said, well, man, I, I think it's cool that you, you come over here to interview me, you know? And, and, uh, he said, really? I said, no. I said, man, I'm honored that you're over here asking me questions. You know, he was shocked that I was, uh, you know, that I told him that. But it's just, man, you know, the, for you guys, you know, all of you guys that, that that give the sport, the teams, the crew members, the owners, the drivers, there's so many great stories in, in our small world of professional NASCAR racing. You know, you guys are so important. And, uh, you know, I'd hate to think of any race car driver that races in NASCAR, whether you're talking about the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, Xfinity Series, or the Cup Series. There's not, if you really look at it, I mean, I don't even think that mounts to 100 NASCAR drivers in the world, you know. And, and I would hope that all of them would be appreciative of you guys because, man, y'all really is the ones that, that really put our, our sport on the forefront of, of the great fans we have and, and, and showcase the drivers, the crew members and, and the crew chiefs and the team owners and the sponsors, you guys are responsible for lots and lots of that. So I, I hate to hear uh, when there's any negative talking about the media, because we, the sport needs you guys. Well, well John, along those same lines, I, I would, I would say, and I, I'd be curious if you agree or not, the biggest misconception I think about the work we do specifically in, in NASCAR and the sports world, is that we're not out to get these drivers or their, these athletes. If there's negative news, not our fault that there's negative news. It just happens to be that way. And, you know, we, we got a job to report and do our job like that. Like, you know, sure, there's 
I've, you know, and I've worked on the news side of things. I've seen that there's some people out to try to cover bad stories and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, out to get people on that end. But for the most part in sports and and especially in NASCAR, that's, that's just simply not the case. No, the only times you see anything like that is when it's one of those, I don't know the proper term for it, but kind of like those kind of like random bot, like YouTube channels or websites that just kind of take a quote and then crank out like a headline that's just super clickbaity. But the actual, you know, like riders themselves who are going to the races, doing the interviews, you know, yeah, if there's negative news, we have to cover it, but it's in how you cover it, you know, very factual, straightforward. Here's all the details you need to know. Not, you know, something like, oh, this person brought shame to his team, you know. That's the thing is like you have to keep that opinion out of it. And it's not very prevalent in NASCAR at all. I mean, everyone from what I've seen does a very good job about keeping it just straightforward, especially if it's something negative. And even if it's, you know, a driver insulting another driver or like, what was it last year when you had a lot of drivers being outspoken about the safety of the next gen car and, you know, the communications with NASCAR themselves. You know, you didn't see a lot of headlines being like Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick are out to get NASCAR. It's just here's the quote from Kevin Harvick. You know, and that's it. And right. then there'd be like the response from NASCAR in there as well. Like, you know, here's what NASCAR issued in a statement in response to that. You know, just keeping it very straightforward. Right. But man, you think that's the way to do it. Right? You, you just want to present yeah. the facts and let people decide from there. Here's the information. Here's what one side said. Here's what the second side said. Or what if it's two sides or all sides? That's the way I would say, Tyler, 99% of all journalists operate. They just want yeah. to present the facts and let people come to their own conclusions based on said facts. David, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I, I just, you know, we have the our NASCAR world, auto racing. Man, you have such a, it's such a big following, you know, um, huge following. You know, you're always surprised. Uh, when you find out, you know, this person or this person that you met or this doctor or whoever that they're huge, you know, auto racing fans, motorsports fans, you know, and it's just amazing. But, you know, when you bring a behind the scenes story to, to the, to the fans of the sport, that's a big deal. What you guys do, you know, and, and, uh, people are so hungry and so interested to see what you guys write about behind the scenes and, you know, being journalists and and giving that information to, to our fans, uh, that's a big deal, man. People love that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, if, you know, like you said, whether it's beautiful, ugly, or, you know, whatever it may be, you just, you're just stating the facts and giving the information and and, man, the fans love it. You know what I mean? So I just encourage you guys that obviously all of you have, have done well and John, congratulations for, going to work for NBC. That's pretty awesome. And uh, keep doing what y'all are doing. Obviously it was work for all of you guys. Well, thank you. John, uh, one more thing before we move on here, I got to ask you, we, we mentioned it's not very often you talk about somebody from the Pacific Northwest covering NASCAR and being a NASCAR fan and living in Montana and everything too. What What's the most unique or best part about that part of the country that, uh, that stands out to you. I imagine you're, you you got to be pretty proud to be from that area, that part of the country for you to stay there as long as you have. It's the mountains. Cause I love doing anything outdoors, whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking. And just the fact that, I mean, like even where I live, it's not the prettiest part of Montana. There's some 
there's some parts that are ugly. But in the middle of my town, there's a mountain. Then about wow. two minutes outside of town, there's mountains where they have hundreds of mountain bike classes for the, you know, the youngsters in town. So if I have a, you know, a free couple hours on, you know, before the race or something like that, I can just hop in my car, drive 10 minutes to the center of town and then go climb a mountain. And I just love the fact that that's really, that's prevalent here in Montana. It was also prevalent in the part of Oregon I live too. There was just always something really cool outdoor to do, whether it was, like I said, hunting, fishing, hiking, there's just always something really fun and it's gorgeous. Man. Sounds pretty awesome, John. As far as I'm concerned, we got to drive thousands of miles or hundreds and hundreds of miles to even see a hill where we live. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine growing up in Montana and in the mountains and the the nature and fishing and hunting. Man, I just what a what a great life you have. Hopefully, uh, you still find some of that in Charlotte to some extent uh, <laughs> when you get out that way, John. But uh, John's gonna stick around. We got still more to get to. News and notes is next. Ask David coming up in just a bit. But Dominic, go ahead and take us away. Uh, plenty of headlines to get to the sport this week. Where shall we start? Well, let, let Lisa take you away. Let's go out of the country for this one. NASCAR insiders are saying that we might be going racing in Canada in 2024. Fox Sports and Bob Pockers, more specifically, are reporting that NASCAR personnel are starting to tell rumblings around the industry of people, hey, get your passports ready. We're going racing in Canada in 2024. Although nothing is confirmed at this time, no circuit has been announced, no deal has been announced thus far. The 2024 schedule is yet to be released. Tyler, you got to wonder, there's a few tracks. We have Montreal. We've got Canadian Tire Motorsports Park. There's a few places we could visit as an NASCAR industry, and the Cup Series has not made that track to Canada in over 60 years. 2024 could be the year that that happens. Well, uh, my buddy Spider from Barstool was saying that uh, he heard from a good source that Montreal is on the schedule for next year, um, that that race is happening. And according to uh, the report there from uh, Bob Pockris, he said that NASCAR industry sources have been told, get your passports ready. So, David, let me ask you. Have you received a phone call from NASCAR? Has anyone told you to get your passport ready for Canada next year? No, I haven't. But you know, I I think you know, I not personally, but uh, but you know, just hearing what you guys are saying and hearing some rumblings in the garage. I, I mean, we have so many Canadians that are huge fans of NASCAR. You know, I mean, almost every race. You know, when you meet new fans and talk to the fans, ask them where they're from. I mean it's almost every race that you meet Canadians, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, NASCAR, as you guys know, the last couple of years and, you know, the outside the box, uh, thinking and all these different types of racing that's going on, Chicago road course, LA Coliseum. Now we're going into Canada. I just think, uh, you know, I commend NASCAR. I think it's a good move and, uh, you know, and, and we have a huge, huge following, of fans in the in, in Canada, so I I think uh, I think what you guys are talking about is pretty spot on, and uh, I think it's a, a good move on NASCAR's part. John, uh, what's your reaction? What's your thoughts about this uh, idea of NASCAR going to Canada, specifically Montreal next year? I think it's fantastic. When I started hearing some of these rumors, I you know I went back, and a lot of these races are available on YouTube, so I started rewatching some of them and. 
while I did not get to see, you know, like especially Montreal Live or anything, I'm amazed by how fun of a track it appears to be. You know, at least from like a viewer's perspective. I don't know how it is for the drivers. I know Justin Allgaier talked about how he's a big fan and wants to go back. I mean, A, like David said, you meet so many different fans who are fans of the sport and you, you know, you're not naturally going, oh, someone from Canada is a huge fan of NASCAR, but it's true. And it's just such a cool thing to take the sport back there. And I love the layout of that circuit. And I would, I just really want to see it return, especially, you know, with the way that like the next gen cars have performed on some of these road courses. Yeah. And uh, we know for sure already that you got to fill the date from California. We don't know the future of the Chicago street race, although we'd like to see it come back still waiting to see for that to be confirmed officially. Dominic, Canada, we, we talked about with Caitlin Patrick when she was on this show uh, a while back. A lot of NASCAR fans there. A lot of fans just northern United States that would make this trip too. This makes a lot of sense to to go to Canada. And, and if it's Montreal in particular, that is a very worthy track that hosts some of the, the biggest events in the world. No, absolutely. And and I think, too, if you, if you want to expand and kind of speculate of what that schedule could look like in twenty four. Maybe we take Sonoma and race up there earlier in the year where the grass is still green at the track. And I know it's a lot colder in that part of the country during that part of the year, maybe February or March. And you exchange that for this race in Montreal in the summer. I feel like that could be a good fit. We'll see if that puzzle piece actually matches. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, boys, uh, I'm working on my passport. Let's uh, let's make a trip to Canada next year. Uh, I'm all in. I'm ready. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Uh, Dominic, what else happening? Spire Motorsports seems like they're going to be in the sport for the long haul. So a couple of headlines out of the Spire Motorsports camp. Corey LaJoy, their staple driver, the veteran behind the wheel of the number seven car, is looking at a multi-year extension. Multiple, multiple announcements or multiple outlets, I should say, are reporting that that is being finalized. And team owner Jeff Dickerson did confirm that to frontstretch.com over the weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway, as well as it seems like the team's on the fence with Ty Dillon. Based on the, the front stretch article, they seem like they want to get Ty Dillon back in the car, Tyler, but it's a night and day difference. It seems like performance wise, we know he's not getting the same material and equipment that Corey LaJoy is, but it seems like LaJoy inspired motorsports are looking at a fourth year of racing on the track together in 2024 and possibly beyond. David, uh, Corey, well-deserving, uh, no question. Uh, he's he's done a really good job with what he's had to work with. That second car, if it's not uh, Ty Dillon there, there's a guy in the truck series that's doing pretty dang well that's catching some attention that did a really good job filling in for Corey LaJoy. Carson Hosovar, I think, is very worthy, and I'd love to see him get a shot full-time in Cup next year in that ride, potentially. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I look for him. You know, we, we see him in the Xfinity Series a little bit here and there, and it's with Spire Motorsports. And the Corey LaJoy, man, what he's done with Spires the last, I think, three years, four years, however long it's been, every year that team gets stronger and stronger. And I think, you know, signing a multiple-year contract, keeping Corey LaJoy in that car, is just going to make that nucleus of that team stronger. And, uh, you know, they got some great funding with some great sponsors. And uh, I believe we'll see Coy uh, sign that contract. And, and, you know, any, you know, it's, you know, Coy hasn't won a race yet, but obviously he's been close. And I just look for uh, for uh, bigger things and some wins coming up with Corey to Joy Inspire Motorsports. I, uh, I think Corey 
if he didn't sign that contract and didn't keep that uh keep the uh you know the the momentum uh, rolling with that team uh you know I, I don't know I think it's a great opportunity for Corey and uh, and and you're right you know uh, uh what's the kid's name in the truck series Carson Carson Hosevar yeah. And he he did a tremendous job when he we when he uh, stepped into Dry Coilers Joy's uh, Cup car at St. St. Louis. I mean, I think he drove up to thirteenth or fourteenth and was running there uh, before he had a brake rotor explode on him. But man, the the kid has been impressive. No matter what type of race car he drives, uh, I think we'll see him in Cup next year. Is my opinion, and I think we'll see him there with Spire Motorsports. Uh. John, uh, the Spire program, they've improved year by year. Corey LaJoy, we mentioned he's done a good job. Uh, obviously, they don't have some of the resources of these other teams, mm -hmm. but they are a Hendrick affiliate team uh, there. That that organization, they made it clear they're not selling their chargers. They're sticking around. What do you make of that program and the, the improvements that we've seen there from that organization? I mean, obviously, as we've talked about, there have been struggles, especially with the second car. But when you think about just their brief history in the sport, like, yes, they have the win with Justin Haley, but I mean, like, range shortened strategy play. But if you look at how they've improved steadily, you know, year after year, especially with, like, Corey being there and having that veteran presence to give all of the different information they need. I mean, he just keeps getting better and better. And then just the fact, I mean, think about when they first started would you have thought about them expanding into the truck series and the Xfinity series? And like, yes, they're still part-time efforts, but look at the way they've produced, you know, William Byron won their first year in the truck series, Alex Bowman. He was in a position to win at Coda, but you know, contact with Stuart Friesen and Kyle Busch kind of ended his day with the damage. You've had all these other drivers and Kyle Larson went out and just dominated that truck series race. And then with them moving into the Xfinity series this year for the first time, going back to your comment about Hosovar, I mean, that kid, he deserved some criticism early in his career for some like the intentional spins or hooking drivers, but he's really cleaned up and he started just performing on a consistent basis. He's always had talent, but he just cleaned up a couple things that he needed to. And it's amazing to me, like how quickly he's been able to adapt to whatever car he's going in. You know, I know part of it comes from his different racing series that he's competed in. But like, he's been so good in the Xfinity series. What was it? I think he's top 10 every single race. Then in the Cup series, he was running extremely well before the mechanical issue. I mean, you keep seeing Spire grow better and better each season. And I'm glad that they're not selling that second charter. I mean, just keep building it because I could see to where they are consistently contending for wins if they keep on this path. Right, and maybe um, I'll, I'll add this one more comment, Dominic, and then we move on to look ahead to this weekend here. Maybe you know, you've seen Joe Gibbs, like they've added an investment partner to put some more money behind them to be able to uh, you know, negotiate some more business-to-business -business stuff. And we know about Roush, of course, you know, with uh, the Fenway Sports Group and the money they have behind there. Maybe for Spire, it's finding – an investor or something, just getting some more money behind them of some sorts. Maybe it's a, a name like getting a Dale Earnhardt Jr. who we've already seen, you know, work with that organization sponsorship wise with Dirty Mo Media or something like that. Maybe it's just getting some extra money that could get that team where they need to go without having to sell the charters uh, to be 
at a competitive level of some sorts. If they could do that, that could certainly go a long way because not everybody can buy charters to begin with. Uh, Dominic, uh, this weekend, the uh, race that's ahead, we're off to uh, New England for the uh, first time this year, a track that uh, we've raced at many times in the NASCAR Cup Series. used to be twice a year, only once a year now. Exactly. It's, it's the 51st installment of the Magic Mile in the NASCAR Cup Series. NASCAR started racing there in 1993 when it the schedule moved from 29 races to 30 races. So there's a little bit of a history nugget there for you. But we have seven past winners in the field this weekend for the Crayon 301. Kevin Harvick's going to lead the charge there with four overall wins. You have a couple drivers with three, two wins. And drivers like Christopher Bell and Eric Almirola, your two most recent winners, maybe two most unlikely winners possibly at the time during that part of the year. But you look ahead to this weekend, Tyler, and some of the odds makers, when you look at what odds are going in for for this race, if you had to guess, who do you think the favorite is? Mark Truex. <laughs> I, I would say uh, probably uh, William Byron. Okay. All right. And, John, who do you think is the, the odds-on favorite? The way, the way the odds makers have been going, it's they keep alternating between, like, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, and – before his injury chase led. So my guess is I'm going to go on a wild card. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin. Okay. And, 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 and it's Christopher Bell at five to one. Christopher really? Bell is your odds on favorite to repeat this year in the crayon crayon 301 at New Hampshire motor speedway. Martin Truex is actually second favorite at six to one. Denny Hamlin at seven to one. Kyle Busch nine to one. Yeah. Last year's winner, certainly at the top of the odds, but you look at the winner from two years ago, Eric Almirola, he's 20 to one. Uh, let's start with you on this one, John. Uh, this race, as Dominic mentioned, it's an opportunity race. We've seen guys the last couple of years win this race that you typically wouldn't expect. I mean, Christopher Bell, the win when he got this win last year was kind of to kick off his campaign of when he started really racing better. And Eric Almirola the year prior was just totally out of left field. What's kind of <laughs> your expectations uh, for this weekend? Who do you anticipate getting it done? Well, the Christopher Bell thing is interesting because if you look at his Xfinity career at New Hampshire, you know, three starts, three wins. Like everyone knew he was good, but to your point, he was not running amazing at that point in the season before he broke through and got that win. I expect there's going to be a little bit of chaos, especially with the forecast calling for, you know, scattered thunderstorms both days, you know, 58 to 60% chance of rain. And, you know, I think there's going to be a good chance they're going to be racing the rain or racing the darkness because of some early delays, which I think that you could see some guys doing what McDowell tried this past week where they're just kind of trying to stay out. But I think that one name I think that's going to do really well is Busher because he's steadily grown. I mean, obviously like he had the win at Bristol last year, he's been very, very good at road courses and it just seems like he's becoming kind of that utility driver at every single track where he just keeps impressing, keeps getting better and better. And with the speed that RFK has kind of shown this year under, you know, second year with Brad, I could see Chris Busher, you know, whether it be a strategy play with fuel or race in the darkness or just an outright taking the lead during the final stage. I could see him breaking through and getting that win. Uh, pressure still on Chase Elliott uh, to win to get in. David, I told you last week, I'm taking Chase every week until he finally breaks through and gets a win. Because I think that one way or the other, that Hendrick team, they're too good. Uh, he's too good of a driver. He's got too good of a crew chief and everything to not get in victory lane before the playoff. Chase gets it done in New Hampshire this week. David, what goes down in New Hampshire, you think? 
Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I, I agree with you, Tyler. I'm going to go with Martin Truex. That's his home track. And uh, for some reason, he puts a lot, of, a lot of emphasis on that race. You know, I has up for many years. And, uh, you know, he uh, Truex has been running strong last three or four months. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Martin Truex. Okay. Dominic, how about you? And I'm going to go with the driver that has led so many laps there. He's led 900 laps, Tyler. That's the equivalent of three races worth or over three races worth. And has yet to find victory lane at the Magic Mile. Martin Truex Jr. gets it done on Sunday. Okay. Wow. So there we go. Uh, that is the uh, picks around the board this week uh, for our news and notes segment uh, that we bring you each and every week. Up next is our Ask David segment, where we ask you to submit questions to both David and our guests, the panel, each and every week. You can submit them to us uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, email. Uh, Facebook and Twitter is at Star Podcast. Email is davidstarpodcasts at gmail.com is where you can find us there. Our uh, first question in the inbox this week, uh, this one comes uh, from Donnie, and Donnie wants to know, David, I really loved the NASCAR street race in the city streets of Chicago. Could you ever pull off a street race involving highways and bypasses? <laughs> Man, anything possible, you know what I mean? But, I, you know, that would be a first for all of us, I believe. You know, I uh, very interesting. I, I you know... With the way NASCAR's changing the schedule up, it wouldn't surprise us, would it, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just got to figure out what major city in the United States has the best uh, highways and overpasses, you know. But I, I, I think uh, I don't really believe that we'll ever see that. Uh, I never really thought that we would ever see NASCAR uh, racing through the streets of Chicago either, you know what I mean? So, Nothing would surprise me, but I, I'd have to say uh, I hope we go back to Chicago because I thought the race was incredible. Uh, so many new fans put their eyes on our sport. Uh, we had a first-time winner from, you know, was was just amazing. I think everything about it was incredible. The the, the TV ratings, we, you know, you guys share with all of, all of our fans uh, was over the top. So, uh I see us racing in Chicago again on a street course, and, and I see it being a part of the uh, the schedule in the future, whether it be Chicago or any other major city. Uh, but I don't see us racing on highways and overpasses <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> How about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. Uh, maybe yeah. we can get iRacing to figure that out of some sorts <laughs> uh, to make that happen. But but John, uh, what what did you take away from the, the the street race there in Chicago? I loved it. It was exciting. Um, we've heard that NASCAR is interested potentially in taking this to other sites, the Meadowlands in particular, home of the Giants and the Jets. They have a ton of parking there. You can set up a lot of stuff. What do you think about what we saw in Chicago and the future of street racing here? Heading towards that race, that was probably the most excited slash nervous I've been <laughs> since they started making these big changes to the you know, to the races. Cause I thought that like, you know, the Coliseum was, I thought that would be fun whether or not it worked, but the street race I was so concerned about what a lot of people are concerned about. Are they going to, you know, make a traffic jam, which apart from that one minor one, they didn't. And I thought, like David said, the racing was incredible. 
even with just like going from the wet to the dry and just watching all these different strategies with people, some people sticking on the, you know, wet weather tires. Some people go into the slicks earlier than you expected. Like there was just never knew what was going to happen. And I think it completely delivered in every way minus, you know, obviously like the big festivities around the race itself getting canceled. And I'm super happy that they did it and they pulled it off. I would love to see them go back to Chicago and then I also love to see them, you know, check out some different areas. I know that one of the rumored places is Denver, which I think would be a really cool location as well, because that's a great city as well. And I think it'd host a fun race. But for now, I mean, let's go back to Chicago, give her another shot. Denver, the Furniture Row Grand Prix. Let's make it happen. Ooh, that's is. right. The uh, that'd be great. 500. Do- Dominic, uh, I told you the street course was going to be great uh, and you didn't believe me. And you you hit out and skipped last week's show because you were embarrassed how wrong you were. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> now that I get to stick it to you and you can confess on this show how great it was and how excited you are for more street races going forward. Probably not going to be running highways and bypasses, but nonetheless, uh, I, I'm, I imagine even you were excited about the future of the street oh, racing. Yeah, no, I like to admit when I was wrong, I was definitely wrong. But I, I think I, I was picking the wrong reasons because I had said I'm not sure if this race makes financial sense for the city. It seemed like the mayor was not happy. But then when you see all these articles coming out that the mayor was very, very happy about the economic upbringing it was bringing for the city and all these people coming to hotels, eating in restaurants, and just help helping the city with its economic boom. Yeah, that's a success in my eyes. I wasn't sure if it was, but it seems like the mayor, Tyler, when money's involved, definitely will change the tune. All right. Uh, good work there, Dominic. Uh, that That's a good man right there when he can admit when he's wrong. you know. Uh, more power to you, Dom. Respect. Salute to you. Uh, question coming from Jeff. This is for everybody. We'll, we'll go ahead and start with John on this one. Best advice you got as a kid that you live by today? Oh, man, that's... I mean, there's obviously like the basic ones where it's just treat people how you want to be treated. But, you know, it's going to be a very odd choice. But one of the things that very basic was hold the door open for people behind you. Just give them that little bit of kindness and, you know, a little bit of respect and just work on brightening someone else's day. And it's very, very not something you think about doing, but it's such a habit, you know, because you can see people, especially like if they're having a bad day, sometimes just a little gesture kind of brightens their mood just a little bit and helps them out. Absolutely. I like How about one. you, David? Man, you know, there's been so many, but just, uh, you know, just, you know, just work ethics, uh, you know, and dream big. Uh, you know, if you, if you want something bad enough, go out there and work for it. Man, just uh, you know, anything's possible if uh, if you're willing to put the work in and have that passion, that desire, and you're committed to it. Anything's possible, man. I, I, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, from my parents, you know, raising us to just, uh, man, just instilling us, uh, you know, anything's possible if you put your heart and soul into it, you know. And then, uh, you know, growing up, you know, I. Uh, you know, I think all of us, our parents instilled, you know, respect, you know, treat others, you know, like John was, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated, you know, and, uh, you know, just so many, so many, you know, so, you know, obviously, I just think of my parents and the way I do so many things and how I live my life, how a father, uh, a husband, you know, you, you get from our, our parents, you know, and uh, how about you guys? 
For me, uh, I always remember a specific quote uh, that I always heard a lot. You know, work hard, be kind, and the rest will work itself out. And, you know, doing those two things, like, that's all you got to live by uh, as far as I'm concerned. You know, like, we, we try to figure out, you know, you know, as far as what we want to do for our careers or, uh, you know, how where we want to live and all this and, you know, where we want to go to college and all that. And it all starts with just having a good foundation, you know, of, of setting yourself up for success and everything else. And I still believe that rings true to this day. How about you, Dominic? Man, kind of all in line with what you guys are saying as a kid. I heard this as a kid so much and it just got instilled in me. It doesn't cost you a dime to say hello. Don't be afraid to say hi to somebody. And, and I think that rings true today. I don't keep tallies. I don't care if, oh, that person didn't say hi. If I see you and I know you and I'm at the store or I'm at the racetrack or wherever I might be, I'm going to go up and talk to you every time if I know you. And that's just something my parents always told me, especially my mom. She really drove that in with my brother and I. And I tell that to my son now, too. And Randy's only eight months old. But he, I want him to have that instilled in his mind, too. Hey, it doesn't cost you a dime to say hello. It's okay to say hi. That's great. I love that. Guys, uh, we're almost out of time. So uh, before we kind of wrap up here, John, we'll start with you. What's going on with with you uh, over the next couple of days? You make this transition to NBC and and your world over the next couple of days. Where can people follow you and see all the stuff you're doing, man? Yeah, so basically, I mean, the hub for all the writing going forward will be NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. <clears throat> I'm, you know, on all the social media channels like Twitter and threads and all that fun stuff and it's uh should be uh john h newbie underscore i'm trying to remember i'm really bad at memorizing the actual you know handles and stuff that i'm supposed to know for these types of conversations <laughs> so <You're> not- john <laughs> yeah I- i'm not even sure if david's aware but he's on threads now i don't even know if david knows what thread <laughs> is but he's got an account uh and and I know that because David followed me on threads. I'm sure you remember that, David. Absolutely. <laughs> I, know, I, I remember the when it happened just a couple of days when I followed you on threads. No, it's getting bigger yet. <laughs> right? Yeah. Everybody go follow David on threads, me, John. Dominic, are you on Team Threads yet? I am on. Th- In fact, I downloaded the app the day it came out. So, yes, I beat you to it, Tyler. I actually beat you to something. Uh, did and, and i think we followed each other so we yeah, took we care did. of it. Yeah, yeah follow for follow sub for sub yes yes follow everybody here on uh the newest platform uh threads uh where you can see us david what's going on in uh your world uh, over the next couple of days man man i uh just got i got back from uh atlanta monday morning just a lot of racing uh, team texas are our, our driving school we're, we're busy at the shop uh we was going to do some media rides here at the Texas Motor Speedway uh, today for some media because uh, they're doing a tire test. Uh, Denny Hamlin's here. Uh, Joey Legato and, and uh, uh, Daniel Suarez are here tire testing. We just got a lot of stuff going on with the, with the racing school, and I'm busy with all that uh, all week. Uh, looking forward to getting back to racing at Pocono, but right now just just focused on a lot of uh, our racing school stuff. Dominic, uh, you're fresh off trip to Atlanta. What's uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, nice to be back home. We don't have anybody out in New Hampshire Motor Speedway this weekend. I'm not sure about our team at Pocono just yet, but yeah, nice to be back home, spend some time with the wife and son. It's going to be a lot of fun to, just to take it easy for a few days and, and kind of get things done on the home front. Very nice. Uh, I am uh, off to 
Tulsa this upcoming weekend. I'll be off the show next week, going to Phoenix, uh, working an event there. Uh, so you guys will have to hold things down without me next week, but I'll be back here in a couple of weeks uh, on that front. Guys, uh, a great show as always. John, thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow John. Check out all the great work that he's doing uh, as he begins his uh, next chapter here with NBC Sports. We'll put the checker flag out on this episode. As always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every week, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit us up on uh, social media, facebook.com slash starpodcast, Twitter at starpodcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. For David Starr, Dominic Olegon, John Newby, I'm Clyde Joe. Six so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.